Hello, Stories of an Extraordinary Industry listeners. We are hard at work producing new episodes for you. But in the meantime, I wanted to revisit this important story. Help us by leaving a comment and a rating in whatever platform you are listening. And make sure to share this episode with one person that needs to hear it. This podcast is sponsored by FiberTight Roof Systems. For proven longevity of your roof system, trust FiberTight. There's nothing like it in the world. Welcome to Episode 5 of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry presented by NRCA, the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Jared Ribble. Talented people make up the roofing industry, changing the course of history. This is the place where their stories get told. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, make sure to subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. The Butterfly Effect. Have you heard of it? It's the idea that a butterfly can flap its wings on one side of an ocean, and this seemingly insignificant motion, when multiplied over time building upon itself, can create a tidal wave on the other side. It's a fascinating concept, which we will not dive into the science during this podcast, but the butterfly effect reminds us seemingly insignificant decisions can lead to tremendous outcomes, positive or negative. Now, back in episode three, A Roofing Roll-Up, we told you the story of Tecta America, a great roofing success story. I encourage you to go back and listen. In that episode, we learned as Tecta was struggling to get momentum, another roll-up, General Roofing, was collapsing. Tecta was able to purchase several of those general roofing companies, which they admit is what propelled them to being the great success Tecta is today. One company's misfortune is another's pot of gold. I thought today we could rewind the tape of history a bit to uncover what happened with General Roofing. Where did they go wrong, and is there a lesson that can be learned from their failure? I began peeling back the complicated layers of General Roofing's story, and there it was. A profound lesson about investment. Not investing in stocks, tools, and equipment. Rather revealed as a lesson about investment rarely discussed because few have the courage to do this type of investing. Then, paired with the powerful butterfly effect, one can yield a return so great it can change your company for generations to come. In the case of General Roofing, they changed the course of history for the U.S. roofing industry. Rewinding the tape to the very beginning, this story starts with an athlete. I'm Greg Wallach. I'm the CEO of Best Roofing in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's actually where this story ends, with Greg Wallach as the CEO of Best Roofing in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's happy, satisfied operating his four locations. Getting to this place of contentment is quite the extraordinary story. My dad was a, uh, a high school football coach and teacher. In my ninth grade, we moved to Orlando, Florida. Went to high school there, played three sports, football, baseball, and wrestling. Really had uh, just a passion for football. Secured a, uh, a full athletic scholarship to the University of Miami. Went down there in 1973. Ended up playing there and started the 75 and 76 seasons. Ended up uh, probably one of the greatest honors I ever had was when my teammates elected me to be the captain of the team my senior year, um, which was a thrill. And... After I, I, I got done playing I, at, at five foot 11, 215 pounds, I wasn't really NFL material and I didn't get drafted. 
I had an opportunity to stay on as a graduate assistant. During that time, I was able to get an MBA. Uh, and I thought at one point, uh, you know, I might want to be a, uh, a college football coach. My dad gave me a call and he had purchased a small little company in Jacksonville, Florida. And he said, you know, why don't you come up here and go into business with me and let's see what we can do. And I had never given any thought to being a contractor or anything. What the heck? What do I got to lose? Did you hear it? It was barely noticeable. Play it again. What the heck? What do I got to lose? The butterfly just flapped its wings with a simple shrugged shoulder, what the heck? A seemingly insignificant moment. Packed my bags after I graduated, moved up to Jacksonville, Florida. And it, it happened to be like in December. And it, it, it was cold and it was rainy. Having spent time in, in, in Miami, I mean, that, that was just way too much for me. I, I mean, I... I was so disenchanted by the weather up there. I'd, I'd rented an apartment, but I never even unpacked my bags. And about six weeks later, I told my dad, I said, you know what, there's just no way I could live up here. It's just way too cold for me. So um, he said, well, what do you think about um, Orlando? And we had lived, lived in Orlando when I went to high school. And he said, there's a small little company that's going out of business. I can take over their phone number and, um, and the notes on their equipment. Why don't, why don't you go down there and run that company? I'm a 23-year-old college graduate. I had an MBA, but that all that is all that is is really a certificate that says, you know, I could learn. And I go down and take over this phone number and, and started a roofing business. Then I met. I had no clue what I was doing. I literally lived in my warehouse. There was a uh, a, a small little office in the back. It was a thousand square foot warehouse, and I li- I lived in there. Uh, and worked seven days a week just getting started and learning the business. Anything that I could get a hold of that I could read or that I could learn about the roofing business, uh, first thing I did, I remember going to a supply company and reading the backside of a shingle label just to see how do you put these things down, you know. I used to park my truck a couple of blocks away and just kind of walk down to my competitors' locations and look over their fences just to see what kind of equipment did they have? What's What's a real roofing business look like? The perseverance to learn, mixed with lucky timing, created more inertia to propel the butterfly's effect. Started selling work, and Orlando was like an amazing boomtown back then. Disney had opened, and the whole community was on fire. Really, all you had to do was just show up and say you were something, and there was so much work that that you, you would just get it. About a year after that, I just took off like a rocket, and my dad ended up saying, shoot, man, I'm coming down to Orlando with you, which was great. The young Greg Wallach appreciated his dad's mentorship. Things were great for eight years, until they were not. We built a really good company in the Orlando and Tampa markets. Things were going really well, and... uh, But my dad and I weren't getting along. I I thought I should run the company, and and he reminded me quite often that he owned it, and he had his view of how things should be. And um, we ended up splitting up, and I I came down to Fort Lauderdale and and opened up a branch. And um, I did that in 1987. And from 87 to 97, I ended up growing that into um, a pretty significant company. I ended up buying my dad out of his offices in Orlando and Tampa and put together a really great statewide network. I was at four offices. Greg's entrepreneurial spirit and visionary mind knew, however, there was bigger opportunities to go after. 
I heard a guy named Wayne Heisinga. He was an entrepreneurial guy here in Fort Lauderdale. And I got an opportunity to have lunch with him. And he he shared with me how he built Blockbuster Video and how he built waste management through um, a concept called a roll-up. And I remember reading his book and I and I just said to myself, I said, shoot, man, I could do that in the roofing industry. I had four offices in the state of Florida. I had built a really solid brand and a, and a good platform. Felt like it was very scalable if, if I could bring in other companies. Uh, and my objective was to build a national brand. And I felt like this could professionalize the roofing industry. Of course Greg learned to do a roll-up. He learned roofing on the fly by reading the back of a shingle bundle. An insignificant flap of a butterfly's wings multiplied into an excited breeze. Let's learn how to do a roll-up together, shall we? Step one, put together a great team. I ended up hiring an investment banking group to kind of guide me along the way and and tell me how to do this. And um, uh, I had a great CFO. He's actually still my CFO today, Dale Eby, who um, had done a roll-up in the in the waste management business. And when I, when I decided that I wanted to make a run at this, I knew I had to get somebody with some experience. And Dale had done this previously. And so he came on with me and kind of helped me prep the company uh, for this. Let's meet Dale Eby and get into step two of creating a roll-up convince companies to sell their individual business into the roll-up. I was recruited in to help him with uh, the financial aspects of that process. Originally, there was not a specific footprint to say, let's get total national coverage. We were in the process of talking to a lot of companies and trying to get uh, as uh, much momentum as we could at that point in time. It was thought that we would expand that in further acquisitions after the initial transaction to put the companies together. Dale and myself and a gentleman named Eric Levine started recruiting companies and telling the story of how we were going to build this national company. And we visited about 200 companies around the country over a about a, a nine-month period, and we were able to bring together 18 companies under contract. Uh, to And the, the plan was uh, when we did this public offering, we were going to raise enough money to buy all these companies, and um, whatever was left over after we bought all these companies was going to go to to me for my, um, my contribution, and I was putting four companies into the uh, plan. And finally, step three to creating a roll-up, get money to buy the individual roofing companies. The initial public offering was going to be the vehicle for raising the money to make the purchases. That initial public offering was not successful because of the uh, market falling apart, and we ended up taking that off the table. So we were able to get some investment banking firms interested. There were 18 companies that originally were part of the deal. We held the deal together with 17. January 4th of 1999, we actually closed on all 17 companies simultaneously on the same day. General Roofing Services was born. I ran that company and started doing all the integration. When we closed, we were about $180 million. And then over two years, we grew up to about $280 million. You know, started soliciting people like Home Depot and Walmart and um, DeBartolo and all of those kind of people. When I left, we had 28 locations. Greg Wallach left? 
He sold his personal roofing company into the roll-up, put years of time and energy into founding General Roofing Services, and he left? What ended up happening was, once I got a hold of the accounting system and was able to see how the money was being spent, some people were uncomfortable with that. And they had, you know, wanted to continue to run their company like, like they had previously. And, and there, there had been some laundering through there that, of inappropriate things. So my biggest, worst mistake that, that I made in the whole scheme of this was just not knowing the power of a board of directors. And I gave away too many board seats to too many of the wrong people. There was a, a board meeting at the end of our second year. We had been profitable, but we uh, didn't hit the numbers that we had hoped to hit. And um, I'll never forget the uh, venture capital guys told me that they feel they felt like we needed somebody who knew how to run a, a half a billion dollar company and that I was great and I got them to that point but because they wanted to do a public offering as soon as they could. And I said, we're so far away from being in a position to do a public offering. I said, what you need is somebody who knows how to run 10, $12 million companies, because that's really what we are, is a whole bunch of 10 and $12 million companies. That was um, in January of 2001. There was a, a board vote five to four to ask me to step down. Um, after putting this whole thing together, after um, having the vision, everything, and I mean, I mean it, just, it just crushed me. An excited breeze from the butterfly turned into an unstoppable, devastating storm. Shortly after I, they asked me to step down, I, that was on, happened on a Friday. I went and packed my office up on Saturday and never, never went back there. And then shortly thereafter, the venture capital guys did a capital call and diluted me from owning close to 20% of that business down to less than 1% without me even knowing about it until um, until it, at the end of the year when we got a, um, uh, I, got, I got copied on the financial statements as a shareholder and I, I found out I had been diluted down to less than 1% of the company. Probably one of the bigger disappointments I've had fi financially. Here again is Dale Eby. Well, I was devastated with it. I had worked with him to put this together. I had been there on a day-to-day -day basis. I thought that he was going to be the right solution for this and that we were going to manage this through together. I really felt bad for him personally because he had taken no cash out of that uh, initial deal and had put his companies up. I, did, I never got any money out of that whole experience and lost lost. 20 years worth of, uh, of my life building a company. There was a gentleman that I had personally brought into General Roofing who was the guy behind the coup because he wanted to become the CEO of the company. After I left, he was appointed as the CEO. He lasted about a year. And then they had another CEO after that. Um, Rich Nugent came in and Rich, Rich, there was hope with Rich. Rich is a really sharp operator. Ah, some hope in this storm that is tearing down all that Greg Wallach has built. Is it possible to harness the butterfly effect that has created so much devastation and turn it into something positive? Is Rich Nugent the answer as CEO of General Roofing? And what does investing have to do with changing the course of roofing industry history? We have a lot of ground to cover in a moment, but first. 
Did you know fiber-tight roof systems provide operational security to the world's most powerful brands? Let's briefly explain what that means and share a little bit about the company's history. Fiber-tight manufactures an advanced roofing system of the highest quality, but more importantly, it provides key customers in critical facilities around the world the security of knowing their fiber-tight roof system is not going to allow anything to breach what lies beneath that roof. What makes fiber-tight the right choice for a critical facility makes it the right choice for other commercial projects. So, why is FiberTight the right choice? Here's three key differentiators. One, the high denier, high tenacity yarns that are packed into the very tight pattern creates the roofing industry's toughest base fiber. There's a lot of strength built into the FiberTight membrane. Two, the chemistry is what really sets FiberTight apart. The formula includes the highest KEE content, allowing the membrane to maintain excellent flexibility, as well as chemical and UV resistance. Three, the proven performance backed by roofs installed 35 plus years ago that are still performing today. The technology behind FiberTight dates back 70 years to their parent company, Seaman Corporation, and the fabric applications that have endured decades of success. Founder Norm Seaman was a polymer industry pioneer. His entrepreneurial spirit has been carried on by his son, Richard Seaman, whose vision for creating a sustainable business model is captured in his book, A Vibrant Vision, The Entrepreneurship of Multi-Generational Family Business. So, for proven longevity of your roof system, trust FiberTight. There's nothing like it in the world. FiberTight values their long-term relationships with many key contractors, including Greg Wallach. Enjoy the rest of his inspirational story, and thank you for listening. Greg Wallach former captain of the Miami Hurricanes football team with a shoulder shrug gets into roofing. He builds a successful roofing company with offices throughout Florida and has a vision to further professionalize the roofing industry by creating one national brand, rolling up several individual companies into one, General Roofing Services. We have talked about the butterfly effect and how small choices can multiply, creating an inertia that can cause massive outcomes. So far, however, the massive outcome has been a tidal wave sweeping up Greg's successful company, leaving him with nothing. But as we went to break, Greg mentioned there was some hope to turn around General Roofing Services. Welcome into our story, Rich Nugent. I was playing golf in uh, Arizona at a master contractor event and ended up in Greg Wallach's foursome. That's the first time I ever met him. And I remember his open comment to me was, what are you going to do with your company when you want to retire? You know, and that's just where it began. My brother and I, who was my partner, we owned Tuckahoe Metal and Roofing at the time. And we owned three companies called Roof Care, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut that were just service companies. So we sold all of them to General Roofing. I was doing the IBM World Headquarters. So I was doing this giant job and we had a good year. And so we were very successful on our earnout. But the recession had taken its toll on the company. Remember, this is 2001. The economy was in a freefall, and General Roofing was freefalling with it. And um, we were never paid for our earnout. So we, you know, my brother and I basically were at that point employees with a lot of notes and a lot of uh, stock options. And I think what happened was the financial guys, the banks had fatigue. I learned the phrase deal fatigue, where they just don't want to do it anymore. And it wasn't that we were even losing money, but we were not making a lot, that's for sure. 
And they asked me to take over the company based on the fact that they felt that I had the most at risk and I would be the most motivated to make it successful. So I did. I was basically charged with the task of making the company marketable for sale or for a refinance or, you know, um, situation. And we were close. But again, you know, backdoor powers and politics and all kinds of stuff in the end just brought it down. Rich Nugent could not save General Roofing. The inertia created from small choices multiplied grew into a tidal wave which swallowed up both Greg Wallach's and Rich Nugent's companies, leaving them with nothing. This is the moment in the story that is so critical. The butterfly effect run amok can lead to devastation, or it can be manipulated and directed to something beautiful, with outcomes so extraordinary it would create opportunities for thousands of lives and alter the course of roofing history. It is at this pivotal moment of gut-wrenching tragedy and loss where Rich Nugent and Greg Wallach took the courageous action, grabbed hold of the butterfly's wind, and invested. Not into more company stock or tools, rather a rare type of investing that only the truly strong are brave enough to do. They invested into their failures. Because every failure is an opportunity. I needed a job. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I had to do something. You know, I, I was really put in a bad place because I lost my businesses. My real estate was empty. All my former employees were looking at me saying, what the hell did you do to us, Rich? You know, I was kind of screwed. So I started Nation's Roof, but I started it with the idea that I would take the things that I learned in that incredible experience and put them to use. And, you know, that's how in, in 15 years we've grown to be a $250 million company. I, I really don't have any hard feelings about it. One of the major things that I learned frankly, was how complex consolidations were in our industry. I mean, that's why Nation's Roof, people don't know this, we never bought a company. We're, every one of our companies is greenfielded for exactly that reason. I don't think it's easy to, to assimilate an existing culture into one big culture, but it's not as hard to start a culture. Investing in failure is taking the lessons learned and putting them to good use. And at $250 million, Nation's Roof is quite the return on Rich Nugent's investment. Now, how about the athlete-turned-roofer, Greg Wallach, after his departure from General Roofing Services? I had six kids at the time. All of them were in private school. And I was unemployed without a job and didn't have any of the wealth that I had had. It was a tough conversation with my wife just telling her, I'm unemployed right now. You can't take the visionary and entrepreneur out of Greg Wallach. It's time to start investing. I just rolled up my sleeve, swallowed my pride, and, and, and started over. I had a large piece of commercial real estate that I had run my general roofing company in Fort Lauderdale out of. Sold that to, um, to buy Best Roofing. Best Roofing at that time was about a four, four and a half million dollar company, not doing well financially. The, the fellow who was running it, he ended up selling it to me, a little less than a million dollars. And, um, and I was happy to just to get back in the game. Greg is back in the game and all is right with the world. Not so fast. After I, I signed the contract, General Roofing put an injunction against me buying it. So it, they tied me up in court for six months. And then the day we were supposed to go to court, 
they settled with me on the uh, courthouse steps. They thought I wanted to do another roll-up. That was like the furthest thing from my mind. They thought they were going to be competing with me. When you have a company that's under contract and then for six months you're tied up in court, all your good people leave. And that's what ended up happening. Is all The, the good people that had been at, at Best Roofing had been recruited away because the, the company was kind of in limbo. What's Wallet going to do? Is he going to buy it? Is he not? You know. So by the time I got it, I just had to start completely over. Um, and I started with estimating. If we don't have good estimates, we're never going to have a good job. And then just piece by piece, went through the entire company, just rebuilding, rebuilding every piece of it. As Greg slowly was growing Best Roofing into his vision, he wanted his old friend back. Welcome back to our story, Dale Eby. He was in a position to where he could hire me at that time. He says that he could afford me at that time. Best Roofing was not in his vision the way it was at that point in time. From 2001, he struggled with that uh, reconfiguring that company, um, both financially and personnel-wise and all the things that need to be done. Greg invested into his failures, used his experiences, and for four years quietly and steadily turned Best Roofing into a well-oiled re-roofing and service machine. He knew Best Roofing needed to be ready to capitalize when the sunny South Florida skies would inevitably turn gray. In 2005, South Florida had Hurricane Wilma, and that's what kind of gave a boost during that time. It's been a big transformation, and it was a struggle to get from the 2001 purchase to when he was working on those hurricane jobs and gave him a boost to get to a different level. Greg had Best Roofing ready, launching them to their success they enjoy today. We're, we're going to do a little north of $50 million. We'll probably do $54 million this year. But it's not the dollars which make Greg the most proud. It's watching his 315 employees. I love the team and the group of people that I get to work with every day. Um, they're, they're special. They're committed. It's, it's, it's a big family. And watching somebody grow and uh, advance and, and seeing them buy houses, seeing them have kids, I get so much more feeling of success when everybody wins versus just me winning. It's not a big deal when you do it by yourself. It's a big deal when you get to share it with others and you see other people, you know, get that feeling. I hope everyone listening can appreciate the courage it took Greg to share this story. It was not an easy interview for him. I don't really tell this story to anybody. It was a, a giant period and a dark period, you know, simultaneously. So it's given me an opportunity to be proud about it because after it happened, I felt a lot of shame. You know, you know, I, I, you hate to be thought that you failed at anything. It is important this story be told because it perfectly illustrates the power of the butterfly effect. With a what the heck from Greg Wallach, a butterfly flapped its wings and set into motion events that changed the U.S. roofing industry. Without general roofing, we would not have Tech to America raising the value of the individual roofing company. We would not have Nations Roof and Best Roofing with Tech to all combined over 115 roofing company locations and over 5,000 employees succeeding, working with their hands, having kids, and buying houses. 
Because Greg invested into a failure, the return on his investment is exactly what makes Greg so proud. Everybody wins. Thank you, Greg, for founding General Roofing and sharing your story. You changed roofing history, and we are grateful. Thank you to Dale Eby and Rich Nugent for contributing to this story. You both are extraordinary roofers. And without FiberTight, this episode would not be possible. Have you been elevating the roofing industry? You have a story? We would like to tell it here. Email us at stories at nrca.net. Stories at nrca.net. Now, Greg is a man of faith and is particularly attracted to the book of Proverbs. Sometimes he gets inspired and will compose his own little proverb, prints it, and displays it in his shop. To date, he has about 130 spread throughout his office. Proverbs can only be composed by one who has experienced great loss and great joy. I thought I would share a few of Greg's favorites. Integrity is when we say the same things publicly as we say privately. <laughs> I, I like that one. Underperformers always blame others. Hmm. And for our final word today, I'm going to let Greg share one of the Proverbs he has displayed in his personal office. It's a sign that simply shows a number on it, 86,400. Be well, be safe, and be proud of this great industry. Greg, tell us about that number you have displayed in your office. Get your calculator out for a second. Take 60 seconds times 60 minutes times 24 hours. What do you get? Every one of us gets 86,400 seconds a day. How are you going to spend them? <laughs>